Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb Dot listeners. Once again, I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi, two of my dear friends and colleagues from Tabana Organization. And today we would like to talk about cultivating our purpose in life. And I was sharing with my colleagues that I was listening to one of the episodes of Radio Bomb Dot under Hidden Brain. And this was an interview of uh, Shanta. Dan Devanta, or maybe I'm wrong with Shankar Avadanta. Avanta, and um, and he actually was uh, interviewing with Dr. Anthony Burrow, who is a professor at Cornell University and also an inspirational speaker for especially youth. And they were very good, um, you know, conversation and meaningful stuff that Dr. Burrow was sharing. And I thought maybe we can talk about that. He uh, is an African-American and he was actually adopted by a white parent. And he was um, saying that he they put uh, him in a program that was set for youth. And he learned so much in that program. One of the things he was sharing was we were just learning about agriculture and taking care of the animals. And then we whatever we learned, we had to share with people who were visiting um, those farms or those animal farms. And he said, I was only nine and I was just standing in front of a bunch of adults and sharing what I had learned. And then I got the second place in presentation. They gave me medals and they really gave me good prizes. Uh, I mean, socially and um, uh, interpersonally, Uh, and psychologically built something in me that I thought maybe I have something to say. And then that actually was uh, the seeds that was, um, uh, you know, in him to start thinking what he wants to do in the future. There's so much he talks about, but bottom line in life, he says there are three ways you can find your purpose of life. The first one is, it's a very gradual finding, which is like hobby. You just experience different things. And finally, you find something that you love, you have passion, and you want to continue doing. The, and it's like a snowball. It starts a small, but it gets bigger and bigger. And finally, you feel like all your um, spare time you want to spend on that. The second one is when something big happens in your life, like we know someone's child uh, has cancer, and then all of a sudden they start building a big community about fighting with cancer, or somebody's child is has been abducted, and then all of a sudden the parents start building upon that and become advocate for fighting against that. But then last one was if you have a role model in life that you look up to, or then you like to be someone like him. And um, he talks about um, also Martin Luther King. Something in him was so powerful that even though in his speech he said, I may not get there, 
but he was so inspirational in saying that we will get there one day, even if I'm not there, you guys will get there. And we know from that speech how far we have come along after that and how much things have changed. And even up today, we talk about Martin Luther King and his speech. So I just wanted to open this conversation and would like to hear from you. Hey, so you're saying that he said there are three ways to find our purpose in life, right? Yes, that was his, uh, uh, you know, uh, summarizing of what in life he actually came up with. And, sure. um, and also he talks about famous people like uh, Victor Frankl. Victor Franklin was uh, in... Um, prison of, um, we know, Holocaust, and many people lost their lives. And one thing that he said was, uh, you know, resonating was, he said, there are people in prisoner camps, that psychologically, their death comes before their actual death. And that's what they kill them. So he says, when you have a purpose in life, you live for it. And even uh, the psychologists in army and in Navy, when they were um, investigating and interviewing with the um, with people who were alive after all these issues with Japanese or in Holocaust, and they realized that people who had purpose in life, they were the ones who stayed alive. And people who didn't have a purpose in life, actually, they died uh, very soon. So they were looking for something that there was their passion in life and they wanted to live for. And that's the meaning that they had in their life. And that kept them going and wanted to live. And the other thing they were saying was, um, for example, Andre Agassi, who is a famous tennis player and he's half Persian. And I'm sure many Persian know him because of his last name and being his father was a Persian. We know that after reaching the highest point in his life, all of a sudden he says, I'm bored. I don't want to play anymore. I don't like tennis anymore. And then he came back afterwards. I think he had that downtime. And he said, you know, there's always a chance in life to come back and start over. And there's a meaning in life. And now I want to do something bigger than tennis. And then he started all these other organizations. Um, and because of his fame, actually, that quickly picked up. And he did something very meaningful with his community. And then with bigger society, he started being in service of people. So there's so many, um, you know, issues that they discuss, but I just wanted um, to just see, uh, I know Daniel and I once talked about purpose in life, but our talks was just generally related to psychological part. But one thing that was very interesting in this interview, they had um, so many groups that they studied in lab and in natural life. And one of the things they were saying, the people who have purpose in life are healthier. People who have purpose in life, uh, you know, they are not, uh, they're very regulated. Their emotions are under control. It's not something, you know, brings so much emotion in them and not brings them down. And um, the psychological part of this helps them 
to regulate their uh, somatic issues, you know. And um, they actually told two groups that they were studying and they were asking them to go to a, a very deep, steep mountain. Before they go, they told one group to write about something that in life inspired you before you go up. But then um, the other group, as they were going up, they told them, think about your purpose in life. And then when they all got to the top of the mountain, they asked them how they feel. Those that uh, they were thinking about their purpose in life as they were moving up, they actually were less tired and, and they, were, they didn't think it was a difficult, steep uh, you know, hike. But those that even though they were writing about it, but because they were not thinking about it while they were walking, they had a more difficult time. Uh, and there were studies after studies that he talks about in this conversation that how much having a purpose in life makes your life easier. So, yeah. I'm smiling because I, I, I could see the wheels in Daniel's head turning right now. Ah. I, I mean, I think this is such a, a great topic too. And it helps, I, I feel like it just brings you in this wider perspective of everything. Um, just touching on, on what you said too, and maybe I'm stealing some of your, your wording here, Daniel, and just thinking about that idea of like being on the journey or the path within our life with that conscious intentional thought of purpose and meaning. And I can see, like you said, in that, in that, uh, that mountain, people climbing the mountain as they're thinking that it enlivens them and invigorates them. And I think it brought to question, uh, it brought a question to my mind, you know, how do we know we're working towards purpose? I'm thinking of the experiences I've had in my life that I've later was able to kind of piece together as, as part of my purpose, but how do we know we're on that path? How do we know that we're not just spinning our wheels or just, you know, waking up each morning and, and saying, this is important. This is going to matter. You know, how do we, how do we measure that? Because I think we want purpose. So we want all those benefits. Like you said, I mean, that's great. I want to feel good. I want to feel like I'm benefiting from having purpose, but how do we know that we're doing that? And I think it's a question that a lot of people, I don't, I don't think it's one that they directly ask. They say, they ask more like, what is my purpose? But I think just as important question is, you know, how, how do we know that? How do we measure that for ourselves? Well, actually, one of the things, I'm sorry, Dan, go ahead. <laughs> well, I think that some of that answer, part of that answer, Alex, is in your question when people wake up each day. And I think it has to do with this waking up and becoming aware in our life. And that doesn't, it's not just like you can flip a switch and say, oh, now I'm aware. Oh, and I got my purpose. It doesn't happen that way. It is this persistent effort over and over of trying something and checking and seeing. But where I would jump to here is we can talk about our overall purpose in life. Like I'm in this lifetime, I'm meant to do X, but that can also be narrowed down to just a single day. I've mentioned this before when my dad's mother, when she lost her husband, when my grandpa died, we were at a family reunion and somebody asked her, they said, Annetta, how do you do it? How do you get up each morning? And she said, 
I make sure before I go to bed that I always have something to wake up for, to, to go and do. And that's purpose on a small, short term. And sometimes when we're pretty down, we, that's what we've got to have. I got to have something to at least get me through the next day or the next hour or whatever that is when things get really tough. Which if we t- think about that, that begins to sound a lot like the definition of depression, right? <laughs> I don't have a point. I don't have a purpose. Wow, that's the that's depressive. So there's probably something really connected with that. But I again, just let me go back to capsulize what I was saying is I think that it has to do. We have to develop our conscious awareness. That's a key key element, and we have to reflect and check and keep going. Side A, where were you headed? I was going to say actually uh, that's exactly what uh, I was going to say, but also now that you shared. In this interview, they talk about um, purpose is not um, an objective truth, but a subjective experience. Purpose is a perceptive sense, which is predictor of health and well-being. So basically, and I see, Alex, where you come from, because sometimes it's hard to find your purpose in life, especially when you're younger, because because that, that's the thing I see it. And, and in my personal experience, when you're younger, you have so many goals, which is different than purpose. You have to reach your goals in order to start thinking of your purpose, because your goal is to get this, get that, and it's all personal. But when you pass those stages, when you get to your goals, all of a sudden you start thinking, okay, so I got what I wanted and now what? And that now what takes you to your purpose? Can you not, can you not have purpose until you've achieved all your goals? You do. I mean, you're lucky if you do, but I'm just saying, especially when you're younger, you still have so many steps to move up to. And in your head, because I'm just thinking of my own experience, this is personal. And I feel like, you know, when you're young, you, you want to get your degree, you want to get a job, you want to get married, you want to have children. It's all about me, me, me. But then you get to a point that you pretty much feel like you have achieved your goals. And then you start thinking, you know, I don't want to die, just think of, okay, this was my life, I reached my goals, and then I want to die. You start thinking, I want to do something bigger than me. I want to do something for my community. I want to do something for people who are going through so many hurdles in life. What is it that you want to do? Maybe even our job as a psychologist could be that purpose. Maybe, you know, I mean, we have to start thinking. That's as uh, Dr. Burrow um, mentions, it's like a snowball. You start thinking that way and that builds upon. And then the doors open. We know in life, you think about something and then something very interesting that they talk about. They say people who have purpose, they are likable. 
People like them. People like to be around them. And it says a sort of energy around them that that all of a sudden it, it comes from all positive things that comes from inside and they attract people. Think about Martin Luther King. Think about uh, Viktor Frankl. Think about uh, Dr. Burrow himself, who had a very past um, uh ups and down life and finally he was adopted and and he got to this point i guess it's just something who has which has to be um built up through your life and through your thinking if you start thinking about uh, what is my purpose in life i bet you gradually find the purpose in life you know I, and i see where you come from alex when you say how do you do that and and actually one of the things they talk about they say keep asking this question, keep asking, what is my purpose of life? And then that gradually comes to you because it's just like any question that you find ways to get to. If this is in your mind and you want to find your purpose in life, gradually you get to it. Did you already give a definition of purpose? Like how can we define purpose in life? Um, you know, what I picked, and I know we got to our first break, but before we go to break, I just see from what I pick, purpose is bigger than goal. Purpose is something that uh, includes many more people, you know, includes small or bigger community. Uh, the, the, the definition of purpose and goal to me that's how they are defined, that goal is more personal. You want to achieve in your personal life is interpersonal, but uh, purpose is intrapersonal. It, it's your connection to other people. It's your connection to a bigger community. We come back and we continue our conversation about cultivating your purpose in life.
we're back with Dr. Alex Andrade and Dr. Daniel Rockers. Uh, this is Dr. Saide Malik Absali speaking. We started our conversation about cultivating purpose in life. And uh, before we know it, we went to break and we are back. <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to add, and, and, and uh, I don't know if it's just a different angle that I may be coming from, but as you describe this idea of that purpose coming earlier in our life by meeting those goals, I always think of it as a little different. I find a lot of times in our early life, the path is kind of laid out for you. Our, our path is kind of dictated by maybe family, by parents, by institutions. And so at a younger age, you're just doing what you're supposed to do or what you can do in your environment. So you end up becoming what people around you maybe hope or encourage or expect. Or even if you know people aren't involved in your life, you're just trying to make do with what you can because at a young age, you know, you're you're constricted. What so what I find a lot of times is this question of purpose kind of comes a little bit later as the path is the, the the clearer path is unwinding. Like, okay, well, you go to school and when you graduate, you know, it's like, well, what are you supposed to do? And I see some people at 18, 19 asking that question, what do I want to do? Um, and I'm thinking maybe from like a more collectivist type culture, there's this encouragement, like you do this, you know, in your family, or there's these expectations of you. And then as you reach those milestones, say you do all the things that people want you to do, you, you go, you graduate high school, you go to college, you know, you're told, you know, you get, get a job, you get married, you know, you live your life. But I see people in their thirties and forties now being like, you know what, there's nobody telling me anymore what to do. Like, I have to figure this out. And I see people struggling with that because it's like, okay, I'm going to go. I, I've, I've had people who, uh, patients, you know, say, well, I go and I talk to my family and ask them what they think I should do. And they tell me, well, whatever you want. And it's like, and that doesn't help me. Like, that doesn't tell me what I should do. And it's like, well, nobody can tell you what you should do. It's something that we have to kind of find for ourselves. And yeah, we can maybe use our family and our culture even as, as, as markers or, or support to build our own individual path and, and build our own purpose, but nobody can tell you what that is supposed to be. And I think it can be a really scary experience for a lot of individuals and in having to venture and risk, you know, the time and energy and effort to develop something that feels like their purpose. And so I find a lot of people sometimes wanting to go about it the safer way or the more familiar way. It's like, let me just stay in this job I've had, or let me just stay in this relationship, or let me not, you know, do anything really outside of what is familiar and comfortable with me. Yet that question just echoes in their mind, like, is this what my life is supposed to be? Is this my purpose? And I don't think you have to do huge, extraordinary things to have a purposeful and meaningful life. But I feel like that question gets really large for some people uh, as those milestones are achieved or are being achieved as well. Do you think that it is so large because we don't have any, we don't have practice in answering questions like that, mm -hmm. right? In school, we get practice answering directed questions. What's two and two? What's four times 93? And we know how to begin to operate in that structure. But this is a structure that's a little different where it pertains only to me. And it's not a yes or no answer question. And there's not a 
right answer, I don't think. It can be any number, and so the options are infinite, essentially. I don't think we have any practice in answering such things, and that's why people kind of don't know how to respond to it. What do you think? Do you think that, does that make sense, or would you add or subtract from that? Yeah, uh, going back to math, on will I add or subtract from that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, (laughs) exactly, yeah. No, I, I think it's one of those things that can be cultivated in our earlier lives. I think it's, and it's something I, I even, I, I don't know how, how it lands, but I try to do that even with like my niece and my nephews when I talk to them, like, well, what do you think? And what would you like to do? Or like, you know, what do you see? You know, like just trying to get them to share their experience and their perspective without it being right or wrong. I, I, you know, I, I've heard growing up, oh no, well, you do it because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, or that's what I told you to do. You know, don't ask questions, you know, where it's like, I think it's the questions and even seeing what you, even seeing what comes out, I'm, I'm astonished sometimes by what the kids say and what they, how they perceive things. And I think it's cultivating that, that individual perspective experience, you know, seeing what they like to do and how they want to play this game and just even how they explore. And I think from that can come a little bit of that individuality and that their own interest and perspective. And so I think it can be cultivated, but I think it is hard in that way. It's, it's not something that is easy in that way. It's not just, here's the answer, you know, that's great. It's like, okay, well tell me what to do. And yeah, I can do that. And then it's okay. Well, what was I supposed to get from that? Or like, what does that do for me? And so I think it's a lot of trial and error and maybe parents or families, even acceptance of that trial and error, knowing that it's, it's an exploration, it's a journey versus this is how you're supposed to be. I feel a uh, kind of fortunate and unfortunate at the same time in regards to my own experience, my parents, you know, loving and supporting, they never told me what to do. Really. They were never like, go to college. They were never like, you know, do good in school. Like, and it's not because they didn't want those things. I think it was just, you know, like do what you're supposed to do kind of thing, not without any encouragement or kind of push, you know, my parents were never saying, you know, become a psychologist, become a doctor. Uh, I think they were more broad in general. They wanted me to be happy. They wanted me to, um, you know, to be okay in those ways, but that, that creates a lot of like space. Like that's like, it's scary how much freedom, like you can do whatever you want. And it's like, well, what the hell do I do? <laughs> How do I know what I want to do? And so, yeah, I think it's one of those things where it doesn't always come from a negative or bad place. Uh, as far as, you know, a lack of direction and encouragement, it's sometimes just part of life in that way that you're just encouraging, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. It's a hard question for a couple of reasons, I think. One is that it really asks for an examination of your life because you need to examine where you've been and where you might go in your whole life, that can be scary. Lots of people don't really do that with their life until something happens, right? Like a parent dies or a sister dies or something like that. Then examination of life happens. But then there also, we have the complication, and you referenced this, Alex. It seems like for a lot of us, there are wrong answers to that question right? There are some right answers and there are some wrong answers, right? Don't become this. Maybe implicit. It's like growing up on the farm, I don't think it would have been very acceptable if I would have said, hey, you know, I want to become an artist. Like, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> even doing computer science that was not fully grasped and even less so was grasped the idea of becoming a psychologist. I was just like, it doesn't, doesn't fit our culture. So there, it's complicated by the fact that there can be wrong answers and it may not be explicitly stated. It may just be kind of understood. Yeah, we don't do that type of a thing. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I was listening to both of you and I see, Alex, where you come from. And I understand, Dan, when you talk about, you know, growing up, the way I see it, or maybe it's personal experience, maybe talking to different people, maybe listening to different, um, you know, situations similar to what we are talking about or reading books. I think this is something that um, not everyone faces in life. Many people come to this world, they just do their daily stuff, and they, they die without even changing anything in their lives. And they think that's their duty to be a good mother, to be a good father, to be a good worker. Or some people don't even think about good or bad. They're just doing their work. I think this cultivating purpose in life happens when you actually are a deep thinker. Because you're not just letting life take you where it wants to. You are thinking of where I want to go in life. You start thinking the responsibility being in, on you to decide what you want to do. So there's a difference between, you know, many people in life. If everyone was deep thinker, and everyone wanted to have a purpose in life and think bigger than themselves, we wouldn't face with many things that we are facing in this madness that we hear every day from different parts of the world, right? The humanistic part would have been way more expanded. What I see it, it's only, it only happens to people who actually are more, they're bigger than themselves. They're not just thinking, what is it for me? And it doesn't happen for everyone. You know, um, actually, you know, there was another study. They asked a bunch of people, a group of people, they asked, do you want between having a purpose in life or having a million dollar, which one would you pick? And then people who had purpose in life, they answered this is not mutually exclusive because you can have purpose in life and become actually rich. And actually, the study shows people who have purpose in life, they have a bigger net worth. So they, we know the story of many people who um, became rich by actually having a purpose in life. Uh, Dr. Burrow actually talks about uh, his inspirational speech to many young people, like uh, adolescents or young adults. And he says, every single time I'm walking in that hallway when I'm gonna meet 300, 400, 1000 audiences, the thing I think about and, and really deeply walk with when I'm going to these speeches, I always say, what can I say 
to explain to these little kids or young people, how can I explain what the purpose of life is? What, how can I express it? How can I teach them? And that's why he came up with those three uh, summarizing that I said at the beginning um, of our talk. And then, Dan, I know you mentioned to that something happens to our family. Like if a person dies in our family suddenly when you're younger or, or at certain age, all of a sudden you become a different person. You never thought you're going to lose this person in your life. Um, and we talked about that. Many people who who started bigger thing was because of a sudden, um, you know, um, sickness, illness to their dear ones or, or losing their, uh, their loved ones. So for different people, this happens differently. Some people are lucky from childhood, um, you know, they know their passion in life. And even when you think about your hobbies, your hobbies sometimes can be you know, bigger and be, become purpose of your life. But but the way Dr. Burrow exp, explained um, the purpose of life is more like a hobby. You have a passion, you enjoy, there's a pleasure in it. It's not like you're forced to do, or it's not something you just say, I want a name on it. Well, actually, um, I was just thinking besides the interview and what I listened to, I was just thinking some people may do it for superiority to say, hey, you know, I want to do this for my name. But in reality, that doesn't work because, you know, at one point you become bored, you become tired. When you hit obstacles, you may turn back. But when it's passion from life and it's true and it's your real purpose, to help rather than for you, you the, you don't see the obstacles. Or even if there are obstacles, you feel like you can, you know, go against it. I think uh, one of the things I wanted to add, you mentioned the idea that being a deep thinker, and I totally agree, I think you do have to be like a deep thinker. But as you kind of mentioned in regards to what Daniel mentioned, that idea of awakening, I, I see that kind of happening when people start to ask those questions that they never, never asked before. And I feel like that's sometimes the scarier thing for people. Like if they've always been deep thinkers and they've always been thinking about those questions and it's an important and meaningful question, but then for your, your life or your, your path to change by something sudden, uh, you know, a job loss, a loss of a family member, uh, the pandemic, I think the, you know, the pandemic has made a lot of people reflect on what do I want my life to be? I think I've even shared, you know, my, my career has changed uh, recently and it started with the pandemic and asking myself, is this what I want to continue to do? Is this how I want to be? And I think, you know, those major life shifts and changes, uh, both good and bad, um, can bring those questions up and that awareness for people. And yeah, then they're, then they're trying to answer that. And I, I always say, I jokingly say, a lot of therapists, a lot of psychologists may not say this, but therapy isn't the only way to answer that question in regards to what is our purpose. Sometimes it's talking with friends, it's talking with family members, it's, you know, talking with, you know, religious, uh, religious, you know, leaders, uh, you know, there's so many ways that we can start to explore, you know, how do we find our purpose, even, you know, going to a mentor, somebody who we feel as though they've kind of carved out their own path, or they've, you know, been through some some struggles and some experiences. Uh, and I find a lot of times too, 
and when we start to ask people this question, a lot of a lot of people have a lot to say about it. A lot of people will tell you their struggles with it, their challenges with it, and and their their successes too. Uh, I think we're all even today as we're talking, it's already come out a little bit. We're we're all happy to kind of share how we've kind of found our purpose and some of our calling in our life in that way. It's it's a great story to to share in a way that it invigorates us as well as help connects us because I think that's what we're all looking for. We're all feeling wanting to feel connected and and acknowledged for the, the steps, the efforts that we've been taking, that we're still taking in that way. How about this question? Can your can one's purpose in life change? Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. So you can start with one purpose and function on that and then it can change. Absolutely. I, I definitely think as you grow up, your thoughts change. Your, uh, as much as you change, your, your thinking might change. You may start, and we also hear from many financial successful people that they start with something and then all of a sudden something else comes to their mind. So success, uh, whether it's materialistic, financial, whether it's humanistic, uh, you know, you start with something and that takes you to something else, you know, and um, definitely you can change it. Yeah. Is there, does that book that you're reading, Saide, have examples? Like we've talked uh, a lot uh, about this idea, but what are some specific examples? Like, how do I know if I've got my purpose? Well, you know, because they talk about purpose should come from within, you know, everybody who has been successful, whether in the world of psychology, whether in the world of finance, politics, or even humanistic stuff, uh, the, the whole idea is to find your purpose, you know, what is yours. They talk about their purpose because their purpose has been mostly, you know, something that hit them whether younger at younger age or later, whether it was a snowball effect, whether it was, you know, hitting um, something, um, they were hit in some unexpected thing in life, uh, losing a, a loved one's illness of someone or illness of themselves. Um, you know, the, I, I just, when I was actually listening to these episodes, I was just thinking of my own experience at work. I had a boss who um, had cancer at a very young age. And anything that happened at work, he always said, listen, if you were in my place and experienced cancer when I was 17 years old and my whole uh, future was um, unexpectedly sabotaged by this cancer and I didn't know whether I'm going to live or not, these things, everything in life seems so simple and easy for me because every time I um, go back to what happened to me, it just made my thinking differently. So now I don't get angry. I don't get upset. I don't get frustrated um, because I had faced something bigger. And, and I think um, people who actually start something big, whether humanistic, whether whatever, and usually it's humanistic when they lose the loved ones, when something unexpectedly happened to their children or to their loved ones, um, other loved ones, um, they usually do something humanistic. But I was going to say something else um, that, that uh, they were talking about. 
In politics, they said they had researched those that they had a bigger purpose for people, not for themselves. Um, they actually became way more successful. And they were, um, you know, people sense that energy when people are not thinking of themselves. They're thinking of other people. And they say when they speak in their speech, they um, actually researched on that and talked to people why they voted to that person. Uh, and, and people pick that energy, whether it's for your superiority, for your own self, or whether it's for people. And uh, that was uh, another thing in this conversation. So we have another break. We come back and continue uh, to, our, um, to converse on cultivating um, our purpose in life. Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrade, we continue our conversation about cultivating our purpose in life. The word cultivating, you know, I was just thinking about even cultivating. So it's not something, so purpose is not something you go and you look for, or it's not something you pick up from the ground. It's something that you cultivate. So how do you do that? Probably by questioning yourself. When you, are you, um, you know, do you have the sense of happiness in the activities you're doing? Do you sense happiness in your relationship? Do you find um, pleasure in your daily life? So I think by these questions, we are basically at the starting point to cultivate our purpose. So my friends and my colleagues, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, um, we are in this conversation and I would like to hear from you. I think of cultivating, like almost like sifting through like something. And so like, you're kind of looking, but then you're also seeing what you find. And so it's not that you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. It's just you're, you're going through that process. And sometimes something comes out of it, something you hope for, sometimes something you didn't expect. Um, but then it can become yours in that way. It can become 
what you were looking for without even realizing that that was what you were seeking or what you were needing. And so I, I think it's hard sometimes because it's like, if you say, you know, this is what my purpose is supposed to be, you can become fixed or rigid and, and not open to all the places that can take you. I, for example, one of the things that always kind of said too in psychology, one of the things that we can do, we can teach. And I would always kind of jokingly, but you know, half serious, be like, I can never teach. I can never be a teacher. I was like, I would lock the door. If students were late, I would yell at them. I would, I would hate it. Like it would be horrible. I would never want to teach. And then when the opportunity came around to teach, I took a course that taught you how to be a teacher. And I, you know, was open to that and be like, all right, let's, let's learn about it first. Let's see what this is about. And then when I did it, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it in a way that I didn't. And I didn't get as mad about people being late as I thought I would. And, uh, you know, I wasn't too much of a stickler. At least I don't think I was. But I, I had no idea that that would be a part of my exploration, part of my path as a psychologist is to also to be able to teach. And I always thought about it on an individual level as far as in therapy, you know, you're teaching to some degree. But I, I never envisioned myself doing that as you know, in a classroom kind of setting. So, you know, if I stuck to that, you know, kind of rigid belief of like, nope, that's, I'm not going to do that yet. My purpose of just being a psychologist is never to teach, you know, if I'm going to close that door, I, I never would have known what that could offer me and what that can give me. So I think that's something too, that's really important in, in whatever our purpose is, you know, being open to those different aspects of it or those different uh, opportunities. I find you can, I always encourage people, you can always say no, you can usually go pretty far in exploring something without a hundred percent, you know, kind of taking it on. Um, You can kind of, you know, take it step by step and see along the way, if that speaks to you, if that's something for you. And sometimes worst case scenario, you find that that didn't work for you. Like, for example, if I was like, you know what, I had a horrible experience teaching, or, you know, majority of it was, uh, you know, not as pleasurable as I thought, you know, at least now I know, at least I can say I've walked through that experience. And I know for myself, that's not true for me or part of my purpose in that way. Um, But sometimes we can be surprised by what resonates with us and what we find is a piece of our path, our journey. I think there are two questions. One is, what do I like? And the other one is, what can I be good at? You know what I mean? Because each of us have different built, each of us have different abilities. So one is to find what am I good at best? And the other one is what do I like to do? But also we know so many people and we have heard from them uh, either by reading their story in the book, by listening to interview that they had, Sometimes they want to be good at something that they never discovered in themselves, but they hard, they have, they put effort, they work hard, uh, whether it's bodybuilding, whether it's something else, whether success in their work, if you put your mind into it, I feel like as human being, there's so much energy and power within us that is inactive is sitting there without really potentially being active because potential is there. 
but they're just sitting there in us and they're inactive and we don't even realize how much power is in, in us. I guess that motivation part, that inspiration part, all of a sudden can wake up, um, wakes us up and wake those energy up in our inner self to stand up and do what we want to do. Because a lot of times I think we are just... Um, so many chains are in our feet that we are walking with these chains, not realizing how much weight we are putting on those chains. We don't realize how those chains are pulling us down. And all of a sudden, if we wake up to this um, image that I can fly, I need to take all these chains off my feet and realize that there's such energy in me that I can fly and I can do anything I want. This seems unreal, but it's true. If we deeply think about how powerful each one of us are, we can do anything we want. We have to just put our mind and, and our um, time into it and build from step one and move up to get to where we want to get. That's, that's my thinking. In reality, this is who we are. But how many of us really go for that much effort and that much work to become what we really want? How many of us are afraid to fail so we don't look? I think that's a big thing there. A lot of people try to play it safe. And exploring, I think, necessarily means if you're really exploring, you're going to go down some dead ends. You're going to explore and, well, this didn't work out. We have to be able to say that. So then we can backtrack and start again, try something new. The other point that often gets missed, I believe, is that when you're going down a certain track, even if it's a dead end, if you're staying aware, you can learn something very important that you would not have learned before. And now that's additional stuff you're taking with you on your journey. In that way, we really are the product of all that we have done and seen and thought and felt and experienced. And we want to pull all those together. I like your uh, idea, Alex, of the sifting, sifting through things. And what do I find? And what do I like? But my experience in the, uh, as the psychotherapist is I found a lot of people don't take the time to explore. And sometimes they get held back by maybe it would be the wrong answer or to just don't, it, there's a fear of the unknown. I think that shows up as well. Right. It is true. I, I think fear is the foundation of anything in life that negatively pulls us down. I agree. Yeah, I think fear can, we can use fear in that way to motivate ourselves. Like you said, you know, those, those, even those dead ends, you know, what, what, what could we gain as we're, we're backing out of that dead end, if you will, in that way? Well, we can say, you know, I know that that's not for me. I gave it, you know, a try, explored it. You know, I, I learned that I didn't like this part or ultimately like that didn't resonate with me, but I can see how I can take this from it or that from it. And, and I think there is a, what is what word, like a, a strength or a courage that comes through being able to say, yeah, that, that didn't work for me or I failed in that way. I, I find failure is a, a, a strong word in the sense of, to me, failure is like, you're never trying again. 
where it's not failure to go down the wrong path because you're like, well, now I've gone through that path and I've explored it and it's not for me so I can keep going. So the fact that you're continuing to go doesn't mean you failed. I find if we constantly are telling ourselves we fail, what can happen is we end up being scared to try at all because it's like, well, that didn't feel good. It's like, well, no, you didn't fail. You tried. And that's a beautiful thing is you can keep trying. That's probably what failure is when we quit trying. Yeah. Because then you've shut off possibilities and just stop. I mean, I've got a great example from my own history, but before I became a psychologist, studied psychology, I had this uh, grand scheme that I was going to get a advanced degree in Russian area studies. And I pursued that and it didn't work out at all. And I felt humiliated by it. But what did end up happening from that was that I had studied the Russian language. And as part of my PhD program, I went to Moscow and did an internship in Moscow at a hospital there, which is an experience no one else in the program I was in did. And most something that most people probably don't do it and then you know what it was a highlight of my life like as long as i live i will probably always say wow that summer those two summers of being in moscow was a top highlight so there's stuff we can gain even if things don't work out because you never know what you might take and apply it to whatever's going next i agree failure to me is uh, when you really realize that you haven't tried hard you know what I mean? It's like realization that I failed because probably finding where was the reason you failed rather than telling yourself you're a failure because it's not you. It's something outside of you. What did you not do to fail? Did you put so much effort into it? Probably not as much effort. So it just depends on if I'm a slow learner And for example, I want to um, get to certain degrees. If I fail, then I have to tell myself, okay, I have to probably put more hours. I mean, depending on finding your abilities and finding your, um, you know, hurdles that it's on the way in your life, when you find those, you have to work against it to work against that failing thing. You know what I mean? It's like, Take it and be responsible for it. Find where was your um, lack of um, doing something that you should have done. Uh, We're at the end of our conversation. Um, This conversation um, seems like it was uh, just a minute ago, but we passed passed the time over, uh, you know, about 15 minutes almost. Mm -hmm. So we want to say our last statement, um, our topic was cultivating um, purpose in our lives. I, we we were so much into conversation. I forgot to say something in Farsi. So with your permission, friends, I'm going to say something in Farsi. Shinrandigan Aziz Radio Bamdad, I guess Sedoy Moro Bezabone Inglisi as Radio Bamdad Mishnavin, Ma Emruz, Darkenore, Dr. Alexandra Diva, Dr. Daniel Rockers Hastim, Vasov Bathamuno, Rojabe Parvarish Dodane, Gast, Vahadafoy Buzurk, Darzindigi, Sofat Kardim, و ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر در رادیو بامداد 
در مورد موضوعات روانشناسی و موضوعات روز و همینطور فرهنگی با شما صحبت داریم و امیدوارم که برنامه های ما رو تا کنون پسندیده باشین اگر مطلبی هست که میتونین به ما بگین که ما راجع به صحبت کنیم خیلی خوشحال میشیم یا با رادیو بامداد تماس بگیرین یا به وبسایت ما www.thetavana.com مراجعه کنین و اونجا میتونین کامنتاتون رو بدین به هر صورت ما خوشحالیم در خدمتتون هستیم قسمت آخر برنامهمون امروز هست راجع به پرورش دادن هدفهای بزرگتر از خودمون در زندگی Well, in regards to uh, kind of our last statements, uh, I just wanted to encourage listeners, as I kind of briefly mentioned, the idea of kind of talking with others and going to others. I think uh, a lot of times our purpose is connected to how we relate to others and how we have others in our life. And so to be able to share and talk with others about their experience and, you know, even finding ways that we can be of service, I find brings so much meaning and value to one's own life. So it doesn't always have to be this kind of selfish endeavor, um, it more often than not includes touching the lives of others in different ways. I would say it's okay to fail. Or another way to say it is it's only a failure unless you fail to learn from your what you've done. Um, and I want to say, uh, ask, keep asking the question of uh, which direction I want to go. It doesn't matter how old you are from young to older. I think even our older people, if you're listening to us, I really want you to take this from our conversation that there's never late to have a purpose in life. We know that Alzheimer's and um, dementia It's something that many elderly are facing with. But I want to say that research shows that people who have purpose in life, their decline in um, their brain cells is a slower when they have a purpose in life. So I want to say how much our brain, our um, psychological part of being is connected to what we think of our life and what we want from life. So I want to invite everybody to keep thinking of, is this activity I'm doing brings the pleasure, brings what I want to my life? It's, if my work is what makes me happy and this is what I want to do, it's never late to make changes in your life. But keep asking yourself, is this something you want to do for the rest of your life? And eventually you get your answer. Believe me, there's such energy in each one of us that gets, get, uh, gets us to where we want to be. With that, I want to thank my friends and my colleagues, Dr. Alexandrade and Dr. Daniel Rockers for another session of Psychology and Culture. We come back tomorrow and we continue our conversation about another topic in psychology. Have a wonderful uh, Saturday.
سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این بار کمی بهتر نوشت عاشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را از کجا این باور آمد که گفت گر روید سر بر نگردد سر از دل گل گل براری در زمستان در باران زیر باران گل بکاری گر بخواهیم گر نخواهیم باقی چه حافظ 
پای کوبان و غزل خان لشکر غم را به سوزان بر فلک سخی نمانده این زمانه هر بزن تا بیکرانه سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این با کمی بهتر نوشت را غرق در باور قصه ها را به سیری از کجا این باور آمد که گفت گر روید سر بر نگردد سر رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا